brand archetypes are influencing you all day, every day. Every single one of us listening right now. It is the psychology under the biggest marketing and advertising campaigns out there. And I learned it by working in Ogilvy and I adapted it to small business and multi-passionate entrepreneurs, specifically if they want to do a service and a product-based business. And that's why I talked about online, offline. Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. Who else is a huge fan of personality quizzes? Oh, yes. Anybody? Right? I know. Like, my Enneagram is, I'm a three wing two here. Or <laughs> Myers-Briggs, I'm pretty sure I was an INFP last time I checked. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure I'm ENFJ. Or yes. like, you know those Buzz, BuzzFeed quizzes that tell you which Harry Potter house <laughs> that you're in? Of I'm, course. I'm pretty sure I'm like half Slytherin, half Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh my goodness, no way. Okay, I'm pretty much half Gryffindor, half Hufflepuff. So For sure. We, we have all of our houses covered <laughs> over here. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my goodness. So when we learned about Jennifer Kim's brand archetypes, we couldn't wait to learn more about her process for building more reach and creating more impact with those brand archetypes. Yeah, and as you'll hear, Jennifer is a San Francisco Bay Area-based brand building and leadership expert who gets entrepreneurs seen, heard, and paid for being themselves. I mean, I just love that mission. She's also the creator of the Master Brand Method, which is a framework to develop powerful brand archetypes. Those archetypes that we were talking about before, right? Mm -hmm. And this method helps win customers' hearts. And she uses this in strategic consulting for emerging entrepreneurs. Also, her list of celebrity brands that she's worked with is pretty impressive. Like the Oprah, Um, right? The Oprah Winfrey Network, Steve Harvey, um, and also some major corporations, including Verizon, Blue Cross Blue Shield, the Bank of Hawaii. Like, hello. What a resume. (laughs) Holy smokes. What she's most passionate about is her legacy project, Femfluence. And when we heard about Femfluence, we were immediately obsessed. Because if you've been around here a minute, you know this is what our jam is, pretty Mm -hmm. much. So Femfluence is a platform that supports women leaders to fully rise into their influence and affluence so they can make an even greater impact in the world love (laughs) we absolutely love this conversation that we had with jennifer because as a quote seasoned chicken she calls herself she's serving up straight talk wrapped in love Mm -hmm. she's built multiple multi-million dollar businesses she's overcome so many obstacles including losing those businesses and so much more oh and on top of all that she is also mother of three children I think we need a a sound bite for like multi passionate is like ding 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 like multi passionate like so yes. something because she she is the quintessential quintessential multi passionate woman um, and you absolutely want to head to the show notes because Jennifer is giving all of our listeners special access to the discover your own brand archetype. 
So make sure you head to the show notes, Mm -hmm. take the quiz, and let us know which archetype you are. In case you were wondering, ours here at She Shines is the lover, which means we are natural matchmakers who bring a sense of inclusion and belonging and create order out of chaos and so much more. I mean, it it sounds exactly like our tagline, which is connection, community, and girl talk. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. So we were really excited when we saw our results. So please listen to this episode, take the quiz, slide into those DMs, let us know what you got, and um, let's get into this conversation. Welcome back to the She Shines podcast, everyone. We are sitting down with Jennifer Kem, CEO and founder of Master Brand Institute. Jennifer, say hello to everyone listening. So excited to be here. Thanks for inviting (laughs) me to talk story today. Yeah, man, we are so excited. Before we get into that, we have, okay, y'all, we have so much we're going to dive into mm-hmm. in this episode, but first we want to get to know you a little bit too, Jennifer. So if you could just like walk us through your background and also tell us what even is Master Brand Institute and the clients that you serve, spill all the beans. Okay. So it's a long winding yarn. So I'm going to try to keep it in as my, it usually is. Yeah, right. Long winding yarn. And I like to first introduce myself as a seasoned chicken, you know, I'm not a spring oh. chicken, <laughs> tasty seasoned, been around for a while. And I started my career, um, 22 years ago in marketing and advertising. And I like to say that it's the only thing that I've ever done in my career. So on one hand, you could call me an expert. On the other hand, you could say, Oh, maybe that's all she's good for. Either way. I do love that. I stumbled into marketing, advertising, and building brands for a living. I actually grew up in a very tiny town in Hawaii. And in my town, nobody knew what that looks like. And I couldn't wait when I grew up and, and could see the world. I wanted to, I knew what I really Mm -hmm. wanted to be when I was in second grade was actually not in marketing, but I wanted to be the general counsel for Coca-Cola International. And that's what I told (laughs) the nun who was my teacher at St. Michael's school um, that I wanted to be. And I actually got in trouble because I was acting up because all the other little girls were saying that they wanted to be teachers, nurses, and mothers. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amazing to choose any of those things. Um, But I was like, "Mm, I just read the business paper with my grandma sitting this morning. And it said that the head of Coca-Cola got to travel the world. And so in my mind, I thought, oh, I want to travel the world. I want to get out of this place. Mm -hmm. And so I did not become the head attorney for Coca-Cola International. (laughs) Uh, But I did become the top brand strategist in the world. And that's what I do now for a living. In between that, I actually worked in the corporate world first. I did not think I was going to be an entrepreneur. I had no desire to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked in the corporate world in high tech launching some of the biggest brands that we all use today in terms of technology and and even consumer goods like I worked um, on the Coca-Cola account on Nestle on Kellogg's a lot of food and then a lot of like what I call vaporware (laughs) which is software and big company high ticket stuff and uh, 15 years ago actually at the time of this recording on December 1st I left Um, the corporate world to become an entrepreneur. And since then have built personally um, five different companies. Four of them have reached eight figures. 
Um, one of them got completely destroyed in the 2008 recession. Oh. And um, I'm on my next venture of a product-based business. And I left my corporate job as a VP of marketing for one of the biggest high-tech companies in the world because I was passed up for a promotion mm. to my male colleague. And by the way, again, nothing against males or men. <laughs> I love males and men. But in fact, we're really good friends today. And he knows I got screwed over, like, you know, because I had been working my buns off. I was a upstart, energetic, young executive with two young daughters at the time. And I gave up a lot of my personal time to give my all to my, my, my career. And when I was promised the promotion and then didn't get it because I was spending all my time working instead of on the golf course with our, with our boss. I realized, oh my gosh, I have no true future that I can Mm. control. Mm. And I decided at that moment that I was going to figure it out on my own. And so I made a nine month plan to exit my job. I'm not one of those entrepreneurs. Like I said, F it, I'm leaving, screw you all, (laughs) bye, like the flames behind me. Although there's nothing wrong with that either. If that's your story, cool with that. It wasn't my story. I had two kids to take care of. I was like, I'll make a nine month plan to exit. And I did. And I started my first company, which was not in high tech and not in cereal or Coca-Cola. It was actually in women's underwear. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Where I lived there was no place to buy underwear except for Walmart because I lived in Hawaii Mm -hmm. and I would notice getting on a flight to Dallas every three weeks that when we come back, everybody, all the women on the plane were carrying pink and white bags, Victoria's secret bags. And I realized Mm. at that moment, that's something I can dominate. Yeah. Get into it. So that was my first business. I turned into an eight figure business until the recession. That's the one that crashed and burned. Oh, went to eight figures in 18 months Wow. in the recession. And then I had to decide what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's how yeah. Master Brand Institute became the company that I am the CEO of today. I realized that my best way to make an impact was not to, although I really appreciate the amazing lessons I learned from uh, Jay Boudoir, which was my first chain of retail stores. But I knew too, like I was like, I had just set myself up for a job again. You know, like I had except worse because now I had employees and payroll and brick and mortar leases and inventory and all the things. And so, you know, when I had to get back on my feet after losing it all in 2008, literally lost it all, my house, my business, my marriage, everything like, like blew up. I realized that here I was now a single mom had to move. I was functionally homeless because I had to move back into my grandmother's house Technically, it wasn't my house, so functionally homeless. Thank God I had somebody to, somewhere yeah. to land. And then she died three months later. And my grandmother, oh, who if you heard in my, in my story, she was the person when I was a little girl, weirdo, mm-hmm. didn't belong. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like, you're going to be something someday. So you should read the business section of the paper with me every morning. And my grandmother wow. immigrated from the Philippines. She had a third grade education, but she saw something inside of me. And so anyway... After all that went down in 2008, I decided that, okay, what can I do that's going to still help people, but I don't have to go back to my job. Mm. Cause I was like, I don't want to F and go back to my job. Right. <laughs> After I t- had that taste of freedom, don't get me wrong. The retail business is so hardcore, but it still was mine. I had control and I realized 
that my highest value was not even um, money or ambition. My, my highest value was autonomy, the ability to set my own path and have nobody else in charge of that. Mm. And so the bottom line is I realized I had an aha moment that I knew I needed to get, make some money because I was broke. So I went back to my old boss who had not given me that promotion. And uh, I told him I'm available again. And he said, oh my gosh, I'm so excited you're coming back because the guy who got promoted actually left. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, yeah, I'll come back, but I'm going to be a consultant instead of an employee. Oh, yeah. And if any of you listening have ever worked in the corporate world, one thing that's annoying about the corporate world besides many things uh, (laughs) is that consultants not only get paid more, but they're more respected in the corporation. And I was like, I just, I gave myself a promotion. Yeah. I kept my autonomy. Love it. And so from there, I built this services company that basically launches brands to market for big companies. And then my entrepreneurial friends were begging me to tell them how to do it for them in the small business space. Cause I'd done it in both places. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Uh, no, I already like, I figured it out. I turned it into another eight figure business. I'm very, not just comfortable, but now the profit margins were ridiculously amazing as a service yeah. business. And, um, I had a whole team is, it, it was epic. I stole some of my team from my old job. It was fantastic. I, <laughs> and, uh, still have that company. And it was because of my entrepreneurial friends who begged me to start master brand Institute that I started master brand Institute, which is now um, an education and consulting company for small businesses who want to make impact online and offline, that intersection between the two, because we really mm-hmm. believe that if to be taken seriously, you have to have both online and offline impact. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do now. And I'm actually starting another product-based business as we speak. I will keep it under wraps. Maybe sometime in the future when I bring it to market, we can have another conversation. But that's I'm who so I am excited. and my company. And I have three kids. 25, 20 years old. And you do not have a 25 year old child, what? Jennifer. Yeah. Sorry, that burst out. Guys. If you go to the show notes Just and take a look at 25. this beautiful queen who looks the exact same age as we do. I know you do not have a 25 year old. Oh my Girl, goodness. I told, you I, was, I told you I was a seasoned chicken. I, Jen, don't lie. Okay. That's one of my hashtags. Jen, don't lie. I, you know, I, again, I'm Filipino. So, you know, what we say in our culture is, you know, Asian don't raisin. Yeah. So I've got some yeah. good genes, <laughs> yes. you know, and I'm really grateful. I don't know what it's going to turn, but I'm going to hold on just as long as I can. And oh, I'm okay with that. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, our jaws just that. hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I get I, that a lot. So I'm just grateful. Literally, I, I, you know, even for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm old. Like, you know, I'm old, been around, you know, and people be like when okay what do you mean by old like you were born in like 97 you know oh kind of thing and I'm like I'm like no you better really right? I had a daughter in 96 right. let's just be clear <laughs> you know so yeah well as you were telling your story I'm like wow like she had an eight-figure business by the time like I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking I was, like, I was in high school during the yeah. recession and, and yeah. I'm like wait I'm like sitting here trying to do the math and I'm like do the getting math. So- Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Appreciate that. Rain's just melted. Yeah. Well, (laughs) regardless of your ageless looks here, I mean, so many amazing tips and, and just gems that you got from your story. 
And one thing I really loved is that you were not afraid to say no, mm-hmm. which I think is is so overlooked, especially like as women too, I think we feel like we have to be people pleasers sometimes, but, you know, knowing when to leave a job that's not serving you anymore, knowing that you don't want, you know, your friends at first were asking, you're like, no, 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 like, I'm not ready. That's not what I want to do. And I think from the common thread, at least that I heard listening to your story is you, the whole time you really had a clear vision of, of what you wanted to do. Even Mm -hmm. if you were knocked down, you got back up and you're like, okay, this is the plan. This is what I'm doing. And I know, I know it was not easy by any means. Um, but just to have that, that strong conviction in, in what you believe and your goals. And I mean, look at just that awareness. Yeah. Like even Mm -hmm. at such a young age, knowing you want to travel, like I want to do this, not because, you know, X, Y, Z, but this person gets to travel the world. Like I want to definitely do like, that's so, so amazing. Even from such a young age and it's clearly, carried you throughout your entire life and, and helped you. What, what did you say? It was, um, autonomy, like the, Mm -hmm. the autonomy there, like, and knowing and the self-awareness and the conviction, like Alex said, and just being willing to go for it and say no, when it's not in alignment, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I I just want to say that I was scared. I still get scared. I think that people, people, they, they're attracted to your confidence when you have, mm-hmm. when you're decisive, you know, and mm-hmm. I learned early in my career from an, from an incredible mentor. She was a woman, her name was Maria. And it was my first job. I was 22 years old and pregnant. So now you can do the math. Okay. <laughs> and I asked her, you're right. I kind of like forget sometimes when you have something that's your superpower, I call it your femfluence, which is mm. your mastery as a woman to know what makes you affluent and influential. Like if you can master that and the only way you master it is like by living and by yeah. also seeking advice from people you admire. And for me at 22 years old, I saw this woman, her name was Maria. She was the general manager of the Ogilvy office, which for those of you listening, and Ogilvy is like the top advertising agency in the world. Like my first job out of college, I got to work at Ogilvy, which was, it, it has really been a foundation for all the work I do today. But mm-hmm. bottom line is I had a six month performance review. I was 22 years old. I had just had a baby and Maria was like, I was 22. She was like 32. She was 10 years my senior. She had a corner office with a disco ball in it. She had a husband <laughs> yes. that she seemed like she liked, which Dom, I found <laughs> interesting. And number three, she had two young daughters wow. at the age of five. And I was like, after my performance review, I asked her, can I ask a question? And she said, of course. And I said, um, if I want your job in 10 years, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. And she said, that is the best question I've ever heard from somebody mm-hmm. young looking for me. And so mm-hmm. if you're listening in, even if you're an entrepreneur, think about the mentors, the advisors that you want to ask questions of mm-hmm. a simple question to ask them is just like, if I want what you have, can you just tell me more about that? And you'll be surprised because people love to share their stories. And Absolutely. when I asked her that, she was like, let me just tell you. The first thing you need to do as a woman, she was Hispanic and she knew I was Filipino, but we were light presenting Hispanic and Asian. Mm -hmm. And she said, first of all, don't let on your race. 
And I thought it was so, it blew me away that mm-hmm. she said that. In fact, her, she went by the name Mary. Her name is not Maria. And I'm grateful because I feel like even in my young age, I was able to influence her to stop that. I was like, I think it is so epic yeah. that you're a Hispanic woman bossing all these people around. <laughs> you're a great leader. And she said, so th- I just, like to, for people to listen that there's still all of this cultural slash patriarchal conversation mm-hmm. and that yeah. stuff is not about people it is it affects people but it's about a system right. that doesn't work for all of us including mm-hmm. men it, is, mm-hmm. it doesn't work for all of us and so anyway that was an early little influence but secondly she said something that changed my freaking life and that was take every project given to you that no one wants and you will you will like blow through the stratosphere you will get promoted you will get hired you will get People will like your confidence, even if you don't know what the hell you're doing. And so I want to credit Maria, because when people say to me, you're so decisive, you know what you want. And yes, obviously, by sharing the story about me and my grandma as a young girl, there was something inside of me that was always naturally curious about the world. Mm -hmm. But it was Maria's permission, if you will, like her Mm -hmm. giving me that permission as a woman, as somebody that I admired, as somebody Mm -hmm. whose office I wanted in 10 years, that she said, do that and no one can compete with you. And, and, and when she said that compete, it's not about anybody. It's about you, your own personal goals, what, what you want. And I took her advice and it's why I elevated in the corporate world so fast. And I still mm-hmm. take that advice today. Back to like doing scary shit. I hope that I can say that. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> like, doing scary shit is actually what gives you confidence. So I didn't mm. know a lot of what like when I had a project that I had to take on, any new project in entrepreneurship is this a scary shit project. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I can access all of my experience and, and my resources, but ultimately change requires tension. And so mm-hmm. there's a difference between healthy tension and unhealthy tension. And I'm always seeking the healthy tension because it teaches me to keep like working out that confidence muscle that you need in entrepreneurship because man, having a corporate job is a lot easier than being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. You got to mm-hmm. pay some damn bills. You got to <laughs> figure it out. You got to like have discipline around your desires. Even if you're visionary, it's, it's a lot. And so I just think that entrepreneurs are like the dopest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like I just, and, and I would never even, there are times like, once a year, I get this little niggling, like, should I go back to the corporate world? Because I could be making a million dollars a year myself right now as a corporate executive, given my, mm-hmm. um, you know, my background. But I keep realizing, you know, no, I want to use the money I make towards hiring great people, leading in a different way, modeling for women, frankly, what Maria mm-hmm. did for me, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to, to pay that forward. So Thanks for saying that. I just need to put that a little extra in because my confidence comes from healthy tension and the willingness to jump into it. And that somebody gave me permission early on to do yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what you just said gave a lot more people permission as well to, mm-hmm. you know, that it's okay to have fears around going after it. Like mm-hmm. it, it is okay, but not letting that stop you. Like I, I really, it irks me when I see the word, like be fearless. Like I was fearless. Like what? I don't even know what that looks like. Like, what is that? <laughs> I think that if you say you're fearless, you're probably a narcissist or a yeah. because yes. you, I mean, the only people who don't feel fear are narcissists or sociopaths. They don't have any, <laughs> they don't fear any, any, right. 
influence. If you're a normal human being that cares about people, you will be scared. So yes. thank you, congratulations. You're not a narcissist. <laughs> yes. Like yes. amazing, right? <laughs> You'll not hear your Dateline episode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes. I think too, what was so important that you mentioned is you found a mentor though, mm. who could actually understand you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was one of the reasons why, like you said, paying it forward, we wanted to pay it forward as multi-passionate women. We knew what it was like working with people who were not multi-passionate, you know, like I, I still have a full-time job as a speech pathologist. I love my job and I love what I do and she shines, but I didn't find the right mentor at first. I had found people mm-hmm. who were trying to get me to quit. And it created all this like fog in my brain and my content was all weird because I didn't know who I was and what I wanted. And so I love that you said that because, and, and any of you guys listening out there, it's so important when you're working with a mentor or a coach that you're working with someone who's actually going to get <laughs> what yeah. it is that you're going through and understands your life, you know, working with a Hispanic woman who also was a mother and could understand your struggles in the corporate world and who knew the struggles you would have moving forward. I mean, you, you wouldn't get that from, you know, just any old coach or mentor out there. So, you know, ladies take, take this to heart. Jennifer's dropping gems here, (laughs) dropping gems. So let's get into really the meat of this conversation, even though we've talked about so many amazing, so many already, (laughs) but like a two-part episode, (laughs) I know, but we want to touch on your stories, ladies. We're going to have you back. You're coming back that bring that tasty seasoned chicken back. We're ready. (laughs) Um, So we want to talk about your expertise, which is, you know, we talk about reach and impact um, and with brand archetypes. And Mm -hmm. we're really excited to learn more about this from you because like I said before, we serve multi-passionate women. So they've got a lot of different roles. They have many different passions in their life. I mean, what's your advice on like, where to even start with, with your brand archetype as someone who just has a lot going on already? Yeah. I you just it. define what that is. Yes. 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 Sure. Awesome. Okay, sure. cool. So, cause I'm a big, what I call context over content person. I really believe that mm. the best content content is delivered with context in mind. Otherwise, the audience doesn't know, including you listening right now, to how to tether anchor into the ideas that we're sharing with you today. So I'll definitely talk about brand archetypes and I want to give credit to Maria. And by the way, we're still really good friends. She's retired. She works for a, uh, we both live in the San Francisco Bay Area and her daughters are often, you know, doing their own thing. And anyway, she taught me about this too. So, and she learned it by being in the advertising world. So Mm -hmm. the context is that whether you believe it or not, brand archetypes are influencing you all day, every day, every single one of us listening right now. It is the psychology under the biggest marketing and advertising campaigns out there. And I learned it by working in Ogilvy and I adapted it to small business and multi-passionate entrepreneurs, specifically if they want to do a service and a product-based business. And that's why I talked about online, offline. And I love actually that you mentioned, Alex, that you're still in speech pathology. Thank you, by the way. I have an autistic daughter. So it was very important to have um, that in her life when she was young. And she now she can't stop talking, which is awesome. And she's Uh, 20 years old now. Yes, love that. (laughs) So anyway, but I really do believe in also the employee. That's my point. I believe in there's a place for entrepreneurship and there's a place for employeeship and all the little 
facets in between, mm-hmm. right? When I was jumping off into my entrepreneurship decision, that nine months that I said that I decided I was going to go start my own company, I totally was like dabbling in both. I had to, and mm-hmm. I still have to show up and be an integrity mm-hmm. for my day job, right? And I think that's a big, I mean, we that's a whole episode I can <laughs> talk about, like how to actually show up at work and still have other uh, entrepreneurial visions come to life. That's a whole different thing. But anyway, yeah, we're writing it down. We're going to have yeah. that's part two, <laughs> literally okay, typing as we speak. Great. So brand archetypes came from what I learned at Ogilvy and what they are is the word archetype is coined by Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, who is also, if you're into personality tests like the Myers-Briggs, his work is adapted from the, you know, the Myers-Briggs, if you know what your Myers-Briggs is, like I'm an INTP. Um, and an FP right here. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, so he also came up with archetypes. And the idea is that archetypes are essential characters that human beings respond to without even knowing about it. Mm. Okay. They're kind of like these psychological characters and there are 12 of them that he coined as master characters that we all respond to. Now he didn't do it through the lens of business or building brands. He was a psychologist, but marketing is the psychology of human consumption. That's the definition of marketing. It is the psychology of human consumption. It's why people consume things to purchase. Mm -hmm. That's the study of marketing. And so marketers back in the day adapted his idea around archetypes and turned it into how we tell stories to influence other people. Mm -hmm. And so I learned it, thank God, as a junior copywriter at Ogilvy, which really meant that I ran coffee for (laughs) uh, the senior executives, but I got to be in the rooms where it happened. Okay. And I could listen in and they used to have these duels inside of the marketing room and it would be brand against brand. And one of the best duels I ever heard them debate was Coke versus Pepsi. Mm. Now Mm. notice the story, all the ties. It's like synergistic, these little magical moments in your life where you notice. Yeah wow, I thought I was going to be the head of Coca-Cola, but here I am learning the innards of this entire thing. And what happened was one guy represented the Coca-Cola brand, the Coca-Cola archetype, which is Muse, M-U-S-E. So the Muse brand. And then Pepsi is the ruler brand. Okay. And the Muse brand. Okay. First of all, I'm going to tell you something about Coca-Cola right now. And we are filming this I know you're going to listen to this at some time in the future, but we're filming this around the holiday season or we're doing this podcast during the holiday season. But if you're listening and you have a child nearby, make sure you don't take your headphones off because um, a lot of things, a lot of what people don't know is that Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus. (laughs) Okay. Um, Why did they invent Santa Claus? This is going to go back to the muse. Okay is that the muse archetype is about nostalgia, childlike wonder, and hearkening to a time when the world felt good to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what the muse archetype embodies. And Coca-Cola, if you notice all of their advertising, yeah. it's all about that. Mm-hmm. They invented Santa Claus back in the like early 1900s because they needed a figure to make 
to stick. They were like advertising geniuses. Besides the fact that the product <laughs> was very addictive. Hello. I mean, Coke. sugar <laughs> had actual cocaine and, in it. Yeah. I mean, day, we're talking about like addiction, right? Right. <laughs> they realized when they had to remove cocaine from it, they, they had to be better at marketing. Yeah. I mean, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> and so they created Santa Claus. They, they, now St. Nick, the idea of St. Nick was already in the ether as kind of a holiday theme, but they named St. Nicholas Santa Claus. Mm. Okay. That's why he's a big white guy wearing red and white, because when you see mm. him, the subconscious thought is Coca-Cola. Coke. Mm. Coca-Cola oh has their, they spend billions with a B in dollars in advertising during the holiday season to imprint the whole year because everybody wants it to feel like Christmas. It doesn't mm-hmm. even matter if you're Christian. Like you <laughs> love the like it just feels mm-hmm. fun around Christmas yeah. time, right? So then the ruler brand, which is Pepsi, which Pepsi is about celebrity. Mm-hmm. That's why you notice all of their advertising is celebrity. Yes, I just thought of they, Britney Spears. Oh, no, Britney no, I was Spears, like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, everybody, right? Yeah. Everyone. So Cindy Crawford had mm-hmm. a really cool like advertising campaign. It's about being the celebrity, the top dog, the CEO type, like mm-hmm. a lot of power, right? Is about the ruler brand. Um, and so Pepsi's archetype is that, and they've always marketed to that. And so that's, I wanted to give you a visual and a, two brands that I think people understand mm-hmm. to understand how big companies use brand archetypes to distinguish themselves inside of the consumer's mind. And one of the biggest mistakes I noticed when I came into the entrepreneur space is that small business owners, multi-passionate business owners, they don't use this power. And I want you to understand this, that every single brand you admire and you use today started exactly where all of us have started, Mm -hmm. across a kitchen table, in a diner, in a garage, at a break room, at, at work where we're dreaming about something different, every single idea, Google, eBay, Tesla, you name it, every brand started where we started. Now, not most of us don't want to build these trillion dollar brands, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because we want to have lives. But the point is, is that the power of archetypes in your storytelling and your brand development is a powerful tool that can be used no matter what kind of business you want to run. And so that's how brand archetypes came to be. I used it throughout my entire career in the corporate world. And it gave me an advantage in the executive suite because I could always talk about the dueling um, archetypes. And then the second thing is, is that when I came into the entrepreneurship world and created Master Brand Institute, it became a center point for how we help people first establish their brand archetype. And then how do you use it to better storytell, how better market, how to like make your product stay on brand. And so that's what brand archetypes is. And we created a diagnostic in congruence, just like the MBTI called the brand archetype influence mix, the AIM, A-I-M, archetype influence mix that helps founders, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever, Mm -hmm. however you uh, identify, figure out what your archetype influence mix is so that you can use it in your marketing and your storytelling. And it's really helped thousands of people do that. So, yeah. Oh, so wonderful. We'll have to link that in the show notes so everyone can, can go stock because it sounds like a wonderful, wonderful resource. 
Um, and I love that Plus, example. I'm sorry. No, go Plus ahead. I'm obsessed with personality quizzes. <laughs> and so this yeah. is like so up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what is she shines? What is my photography business? Like, right. you know, where's the overlap between the two? This is such well, an amazing tool. I love that you mentioned that because I want to say what's different about the AIM in just even, I think probably as describing it, it sounds a little bit different, is that the AIM is always the founder that does the most marketing for the company is the, the, the top brand archetype for the company. Mm. So even if they're co-founders, so mm -hmm. let's say you have a photography business and you have She Shines, mm -hmm. the archetype mix is the same for both of them because you're the common denominator, mm -hmm. right? Now you oh, have a business sure. partner here with Alex. Mm -hmm. So it really then you have to determine the strengths of the mm -hmm. company based on the potential mix between you two, but that's the kind of work that we help determine. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, the link that we're giving you all, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're going to give you the full reports, which every oh. single day, literally every day, hundreds of people take this assessment. They pay us $250 for it. So excited. And, um, I wanted to, I give it whenever I'm on a podcast, I try to give it so that everybody can really experience the breadth of the power that it gives you in terms of your brand voice and the way you show up. So there are three yes. archetypes in your mix, the dominant, the intrinsic and the intuitive archetype. The dominant archetype is your number one archetype. It's the archetype that you want to really focus on honing in and getting better at as you can, as you continue to communicate the value that your business brings to the world. The other two, the intrinsic and the intuitive, I like to say they're like the salt and pepper for your main dish because <laughs> your main dish would taste like bland chicken if it didn't have salt and pepper, right? So the three together make it amazing. Just like I like to think of it also as Bon Jovi. John, if you guys are familiar with Bon Jovi, there's yes. John Bon Jovi, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's Richie Sambora, and then there's a third guy. Nobody mm. really remembers his name, but if he no. was not there, they would not have the Bon Jovi sound. Right. And that's the idea of how you use the hierarchy of the three top archetypes in your mix. I love that Bon Jovi comparison. That's easy to grasp. Yes. Okay, I love all these references though. I mean, we talked about Pepsi, Coke, Bon Jovi, like, and I always joke with Ryan, my fiance, that like, I'm the biggest sucker for good marketing. Like all I need is a good commercial or mm -hmm. like some, and I'm like, I'm done purchase. Or it's like, <laughs> it'll be on your step tomorrow. I'm like done. Like I'm, yes. I'm such a sucker for good marketing. So I'm, I'm very excited. Thank you so much for sharing this resource with us in our community. I know they're, they're going to love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, oh my goodness. Okay. So we're excited to dive into that first of all, but we, we'd also love to know about like how your psychology driven high integrity strategy, how is that going to set, set anybody apart in, in their industry? Like how, how does it help us grow our visibility? Does it help with conversion? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So brand archetypes are one of six things that make you different. Okay. So first thing is I want everyone hearing if you're multi-passionate, multi-creative, just starting out potentially just know that there really are no new ideas in the world and that's okay. That's actually good because the, that means there's a market for what you do, period. Even if it's micro or it's macro or anywhere in between, there's a market for what you do, generally speaking. Anything that doesn't work has already been tested out by someone else. This is a good thing, okay? So what really matters is that you set yourself apart to what you know your point is. And brand archetypes are the first lever of what sets you apart, 
Okay. And so now you have an assessment you all are going to take, and that's going to give you an idea. Yes. Step one. Step one. Check done. Yes. <laughs> accomplishment energy. Yes. We love accomplishment <laughs> energy. Okay. I can support you with that. All right. So number two is your values. So your core brand values. And that's an entire masterclass, friends. But let me just say that I adapted when I figured out that my highest value was not family and it was not ambition, which it looks like when I was in the corporate world. Okay. Um, I realized that my highest value was autonomy mm-hmm. and I have a process that's pretty cool um, that a lot of people get excited about and it's called the values driven model. And I believe this is where we're going in the world. Now, companies will state their brand values. And as a solopreneur or a multi-facility entrepreneur, whatever you are, um, you need to know what your values are because your values signal the audience you want to attract, right? It's kind of like, I call it the bat signal. Like you're throwing (laughs) up your bat signal and like, they're like, there's Batman. He's gonna, she's gonna, or there's Batgirl. She's gonna save us, right? That's what your values signal to people. And so I said autonomy is my, one of my top values, but it's not my only top value. My top five values are autonomy, justice, generosity, leadership, and legacy. And they mean something inside of our company, so much so that we make all of our business decisions through that filter. And so when you guys said, oh, like, you're very aware and like, you were confident making decisions. I am confident making decisions, especially now because I don't make decisions that are outside of my values. And when you do that, you stay focused and it feels good back to high integrity. Like, Oh, at least I know what my values are. And by the way, I'm judgy sometimes. Okay. (laughs) I may be an aware grown ass woman, but you know, I'll give an example. People who are not in alignment with my values. I judge them. I'm like, you know, and actually though, what I I judge them, but I respect that they're Mm -hmm. on their values. For example, Mm. you know, if justice is one of my highest values, being a daughter of Filipino immigrant, You know, um, I, it matters so much to us that we continue to show a model for what looks different. So Mm -hmm. even though it's not different, this is actually the status quo. um, That's very important. So anybody who doesn't care about that, probably not a brand I'm going to buy from. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's okay, because ultimately, that's what they're, they're up to. And it's, I mean, we've elected presidents that are absolutely not on brand for me. But it shows that a person who stays in their values, whether you agree with them or not, can gain power if they are that decisive. And so it's important for you to set yourself apart. And I've used the word power a lot and people might get a little triggered by the word power. And I want to reflect to you that your values give you personal power. They give you that confidence to just show up in the world. It's not about being loud. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that I'm an introvert. People don't believe me. You know why I can speak so eloquently about what I do is because I am totally on brand right now. I am on my values. I'm speaking Mm. about something that is exciting to me. And when you speak about something that's exciting to you, you appear extroverted to other people because it's people's perceptions Mm -hmm. that are what they buy. They're buying their own perception of what you sell. That's it. It's not even you. It's their own lens of perception. And the signal for that is being, you know, your value. So you need to know your values. That's number two. (laughs) Number three, um, Uh, Number three is you need to know your offers with clarity and you need to be able to speak of them with, with clarity and conviction and confidence. And again, not loud, not bossy, just clear. Right. And I think a lot of people 
because they're multi-passionate, especially it's like, oh, well, I got seven offers. So how do I find the intersection between them? And I'm like, sometimes, boo, they don't go together. Like sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And so with your offers, let's say photography versus she shine, since, you know, Mm -hmm. you brought that up, Anna, like sometimes the photography business, it's just about that, depending Mm -hmm. on who you're speaking to. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it makes sense and you're speaking to a group of women and you want to offer photography services of some kind, and it makes sense, you will talk about the intersection of those two things. Mm -hmm. It's all about knowing who you're talking to. And that's part of like your offer meeting, what we call your rich niche, which is number four. Your rich niche is the is the is the audience it's the relationship between what they want and what your offer Mm -hmm. is and I just want everybody to understand this people don't care about what you offer they don't care about your product or service they don't care they care about themselves okay (laughs) they care about the results that your offers create in their life and if you can describe the results of the offers that you create then you will have a rich niche not just a niche okay so that's number four number five you need to be able to um explain the process by which their transformation will happen. So the rich niche is transformation. When I say transformation, hey, yo, I don't know if y'all have ever like eaten a food or like, you know, Alex, as you said, like you get a really good, like little social media ad or something pops up and you're Mm -hmm. like, I need to order that or I got to get that on Amazon. (laughs) Yes. Like I get, (laughs) y'all, y'all, I get that with my dog. Like they know me and they're targeting me with my (laughs) French bulldog gear y'all like they all the metaverse got yes me. it's on right <laughs> and my point is is that they are showing me a process by which this transformation inside of me is going to happen so like if I dress my dog up in cute clothes I get to feel a feeling of like I'm a good mommy look how cute my baby is right <laughs> that's the feeling mm-hmm. that you impart and you show them the process so either it could look like you're demonstrating your process like they do when they dress up other dogs with the with the stupid fleece coats and stuff that they've got <laughs> but I bought like 10 of them um or if let's say you're a coach consultant services based that you have a method by which the transformation occurs like in my company master brand Institute, we have a program or not a program in, we have an actual framework called the master brand method. Everything I'm describing to you is part of the master brand method. And if Mm -hmm. you believe you want to have, you want to build a brand, then you come to us because we're confident in our expertise. So it's called a use case. That fifth thing, it stands for unique solution expertise. What is your unique solution and expertise that you bring that creates the transformation? Okay. And then what is the sixth thing? Man, I told you a lot. Like, (laughs) (laughs) we're in class Um, right now. We're soaking it up. We're taking notes. That's what I felt like this whole time. I'm like, I'm in the best class ever. I'm like (laughs) typing away. I'm like, Ooh, this is so good. (laughs) I love it. Um, And so, yeah. And so actually the number six thing is that you need to have what we call a diagnostic way for them to know where they fit in your meta world, which is your Mm -hmm. brand. So I actually have an assessment. Hello, it all kind of comes together, right? <laughs> Called the aim. When you take that, you know that you belong here, right? And so do you have a diagnostic to let people know that bat signal, hey, you belong here. And here's the place that I've already thought up for you that would be amazing for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's called a diagnostic framework, okay? And so those six things are what sets you apart. And if you can work on those things and get better at those things, and you don't get better at it by thinking about it, you don't get better about it by trying it once, you constantly are doing and refining this hexagon wheel, if you call it, you know, the six points of the hexagon to create 
something that just like rocks, something that people mm-hmm. that takes off. And when I say takes off, it doesn't have to go viral. It doesn't have to sell bajillions of dollars, but if you're making an impact and you're making good money from it, it's worth it's testing and it's trying out. So that's, that's how you make yourself different. I thank you. First of all, for sharing mm-hmm. these steps, it just is, it's such a great way to break down. Like Alex and I talk all the time, like you got to know yourself first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then figure out the need who, how, and this, I love these six steps because it really breaks down those like even, even further, right? Like, you know, with the aim, like getting to know, that's like a great way to get to know yourself and who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then your brand values, that's yourself and also your brand. And like, you are generally, especially as an entrepreneur, I feel like you are your brand a lot of the times. Um, And so like, I, I love just how you broke those down so clearly. And this is so exciting for us. I don't know. I I'm just giddy like, mm-hmm. talking about this and taking notes. Good. I'm glad it helps and supported you. Yeah. And again, thank you. I mean, I feel like we went to business school tonight. We yes. have so many professor Jennifer in the house. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, from talking about femfluence, I love that word, like your mastery as a woman that makes you affluent, influential, so amazing. And just how really as multi-passionate women, how we can really scale our reach and, and make an impact, not only with these brand archetypes, but knowing who we are as entrepreneurs really to, to grow that visibility and see those conversions that, that we've all been wanting, right. And looking for. So again, Jennifer, thank you for all of your wisdom, all of the nuggets that you've dropped today before we let you go though, you have to tell us what you are currently working on. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm so excited about all the things. So the first is Femfluence Tables. Uh, if you are in the US, but I think we're gonna go global. In fact, I think I'm gonna do one in Montreal, but I host these dinners called, or brunches, depending on where it is, called Femfluence Table. And it's where women come together to simply help each other rise. That's all the agenda is. And so um, I host them all around the country. And I also do what we call global tables, which is virtual. So if you're ever interested in that, Mm -hmm. follow me on uh, Instagram at femfluence.me. that's the, that's the Instagram handle besides my jennifer.chem one, which is my personal brand and, and my company brand, but Femfluence. So if you're interested in that, and I know a lot of women are listening in, it's a great way to gather and grow together. And so mm-hmm. that's, they've been wild. I've been doing them for two years. And then during the pandemic, we did them all virtually and they still were amazing. Uh, what I'm, and we're really excited about that. And the second thing is I'm, I'm in the middle of writing my book on all the things that I just mentioned. And uh, I've been been asked for many years to write this book and I see myself, you know, moving out of the day-to-day operations of my business and really focusing on leaving this world empty, I like to say, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to die with one piece of knowledge left in me. That's why when I do get on podcasts, I just say everything I can because I really feel that it's important that if you know something, you should Mm -hmm. teach it no matter what currency you're paid in. Right. Mm-hmm. And cur- currency is not just money. Currency is like Maria paying it forward that if other women listen to my story and also hear the specific strategies and frameworks that I've used to to grow this and other people's businesses, then I'm doing my job on this planet and um, I can sleep 
forever happy. Mm -hmm. And so I don't mean to be morbid, but it's true. We're all going to leave at some point Mm -hmm. and we might as well kick ass while we're here (laughs) and help as many people um, as we can. So don't wait another moment to do that is my advice to everyone. And yeah, so just follow me on Instagram is my favorite place to hang out, both jennifer.cam or femfluence.me. And then uh, make sure that you take the diagnostic, which is the aim that's provided to you in this podcast. Jennifer, first of all, I I have full body chills after hearing, (laughs) hearing you. That's such a beautiful way of of putting it. Like no matter what currency you're paid in Mm -hmm. being willing to, to pay it forward, like Maria did for you. And now you're here sharing so many amazing, amazing tips and insights and advice and lessons learned. So y'all be sure to head to the show notes and deep dive into, cause Alex and I took extensive notes. Cause like you said, <laughs> we went to school tonight mm-hmm. and we're so excited to that this episode is now live and you're hearing it. And, um, Jennifer, we just can't thank you enough. So y'all head to the show notes dive into those and be sure you take that aim, uh, diagnostic. So thank you for providing that. And until next time, keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.